Well, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> welcome, welcome on this cold day. It may be cold on the outside, but it's warm in here. Amen. So thank God for uh, air conditioning units that are still working. So let's all stand together, if you don't mind. Let's open up with prayer, and then we're going uh, to have a song. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day you have blessed us with. This is a good day. And Father, Lord, it's a good day because this is your day. And Lord Jesus, as we open up, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, first and foremost, you are the center of everything we do. You are our hope, you're our light, 
You, Lord Jesus, are everything that we need. And now, God, I pray in Your precious and holy name that You, Lord, uh, 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 come among us and touch us and bless us and help us in the midst of all that is going on around us. And now, Lord Jesus, we commit this time to You. Your will be done on earth as it's already been determined in the heavens. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Remain standing. In Christ alone.
Aren't you glad you got Jesus Christ today? Amen. Can't find anything any better. Uh, you may be seated. Okay, glad to again have you in the house of the Lord. And those who are joining us by internet, uh, which may be a lot of you, if you're sitting in your pajamas, uh, warm and toasty around the fire, uh, God bless you, but you ought to be here. <laughs> I just love you. I just love you dearly. Uh, but anyway, as I've often said, I've said something this morning, I, I, I hope when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, it is a sunny day, no rain, no weather alerts, no freezing weather. Uh, if not, it's going to be a slim crowd that makes it. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, I love y'all with the love of the Lord. Uh, so, uh, let, me, let me get past that since I already offended you and, 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 and teed you off. Uh, so, uh, the, um, uh, uh, some of the announcements. Remember, we're in our third week of prayer and fasting. Uh, we will break our fast next Sunday. Uh, so, please remember that and continue to pray. Church will be open Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock for anyone who would like to come and pray with us. Also, the Valentine's Banquet is coming up. That's on February the 10th. And uh, that will be uh, in the Friendship Hall. There is a sign-up sheet, uh, so uh, sign up so we can uh, know how uh, to uh, give numbers to our caterer that's going to be uh, catering that meal uh, for us. And then uh, also coming up really quicker than what we think, uh, revival that we've got planned uh, for March the 1st through the 3rd. So let's be praying, continue to pray for that. I talked with Jay uh, just the other day. Uh, he's excited about coming, and uh, we want to be ready uh, for revival and what the Lord's going to do through this young man uh, in our midst. So we appreciate that. Uh, also, for those of you who have not heard, Kristen McLam's grandmother, uh, Eloise Clifton, passed away uh, um, early yesterday evening. Uh, so I pray for this family. I don't know anything about any arrangements or anything like that, but uh, do be um, do be praying for that family. And uh, Miss Eloise was ready to go. She was she was begging uh, for for her day of release, and so God granted that to her yesterday. Uh, so uh, so be praying for the family during this. And just as soon as we find out some information, we'll get it on our Facebook page and. Uh, get it out information best we can to you. Okay, so again, thank you for being here and uh, sharing with us today. Uh, listen to some words from the Word of the Lord uh, this morning. Selected out of Psalm, uh, chapter one to chapter uh, one hundred three, uh, and I'm going to do two different selections out of that same Psalm. This is how the psalmist begins: "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me." Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like that of the eagle. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you, his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. 
Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together and let's do exactly that. Let's bless the Lord with song.
Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's stop for a moment. We're going to have uh, intercessory prayer at the end of the service. But I want to offer another prayer. This prayer is going to be over the message itself. So I want you to join me as we pray for God's anointing, not only on me, but on you and everyone who hears this message. Because this is God's word. It needs to be handled rightly, truthfully, with boldness, with ministry. So will you join me and let's pray over this message today. Heavenly Father, we stop in this moment and before I begin to break, Lord, the bread of life as we refer to it sometimes, the word of God. Lord, as I bring this message, Lord Jesus, because it is founded in your word. And I pray, God, that you will, Lord, first of all, be glorified through what is said, what is spoken, what is done. I pray, God, for your anointing because the anointing is what breaks the mm, The anointing is what breaks the yoke, oh God. And so, Lord, I pray for that anointing, Lord, upon me. God, I can deliver a message, but, Lord, an unanointed message is not much of anything. God, I need an anointed message. I need, Lord, the anointing. I need the power from on high. I pray, God, for the anointing over this congregation, not only those physically in this building, but, God, those that, Lord, will be listening in to this message today. I pray for anointing on it, that, God, this word will accomplish what you have determined and purposed for it to accomplish, to open our eyes, our ears, our minds, our souls, our being, everything in us, God, that it will be opened up so that we can understand clarity. And, Lord Jesus, any, any factor, any enemy, any demon spirit, that, Lord, that's trying to be here, trying to disrupt, trying to destroy, trying to take away the Word of God, we rebuke that power in Jesus' name right now. And, Lord Jesus, so that the liberty and freedom that belongs to the children of God will be ours in this moment. So, Father, Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done and every blessing you have given. And we surrender this time unto you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen, amen. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into the message this morning. Uh, as, as those of you that are with us, those of you who just joined us today, uh, I'm beginning uh, a, a couple of weeks ago a, a series of messages on the book of Hebrews. Now, it, it, I don't know if it's going to take us a whole year to do this, but it'd probably take near a year uh, to work through this book and go through this book. Uh, especially at the, at the pace I'm going right now, I'm only at verse 4, and uh, we're at uh, week number 3. Uh, so, uh, so it takes a while to work through these things. Now, what we, we are going to start with verse 4 today and uh, through 
verse 14. So we're going to make a little headway this morning. So let's, let's look at what is written here in the Hebrews. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance retained a more excellent name than they, for to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn, uh, but when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will grow like old garments. And like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels did he ever say, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools? You are not all, are you not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? So, so this, this is the heart of what we're going to be looking at today. Now, as we continue this, we're going to find along the way, I warn you in the introduction that we were going to stumble across some difficult passages of scriptures. Well, today we've stumbled into our first one. Uh, th this, is, this is one of those difficult concepts to grab hold of, to get hold of. So that's one reason I wanted to pray for anointing, Lord, so I can, I can understand it, and so you can understand it, and try to make it as simple as I can make it for you. So, so this is not a P, uh, an easy passage to interpret. It's not an easy passage to understand. But uh, going back to what we've already talked about, we discovered last week that God in time past, uh, it says that he spoke by the prophets. But in these last days, now if you believe, if you believe the word of God, we are in the last days right now. I know, hey, they were talking to another generation. But we've been in the last days since Jesus Christ came to this earth. When he came to this earth, we, that, that's, that marked the beginning of the end of the, of the days, and the end of time. And so therefore, we're in the last days right now. So Jesus Christ is speaking to us. And the author demonstrated here the superiority of Jesus Christ in relationship to the prophets. The message that he came to bring, uh, uh, he came, uh, to, was better than the message of the prophets because he is the fulfillment of that. And we discovered seven things about Jesus Christ through those uh, first two ver verses there. We discovered he is the heir, he is the creator, he is the radiance of God's glory, the express image of God, he upholds all things, he is the ultimate sacrifice for sin, 
and he has been exalted to his rightful place of power and authority. That's what we discovered last week about him. Now, today what we're going to discover is Jesus' superiority over angels. Jesus' superiority over angels. And you may be questioning, well, why, 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 why was he even dealing with that? Why was he even talking about what? What was there about that situation that he felt the necessity to demonstrate that Jesus is better than the angels of heaven? Well, there is a reason. And if you go back in the history and understand what was going on, we, you know, I think we all know that Jesus is better than angels, but do we? Have you ever realized? what a cult there is around angels. I, I dare say, now I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're, because you're, I got them and it got them in my house. But I dare say most of you got some sort of statuette of an angel, some sort of figure, uh, some sort of picture. You got some sort of something about an angel in your house. And, you know, and, uh, and, and, I, and I have gotten, and I, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I have gotten my fair share of angels as gifts over the years. Well, in, in, in some cases, people almost exalt angels higher than God. And as I've told you before, and I'll remind you, that one of the greatest fallacies about angels in our culture is every time a little baby dies, now, I know this is going to sound cruel, it's going to sound harsh, it's going to sound unloving. How dare you say that? But what's the first thing we say about those little babies that die? God needed another little angel. That is the biggest fallacy you will ever hear in your life. That is not true. God created, God never created a human being to be an angel. Men, women, boys, girls, infant babies do not transform into angels. That is not the truth. But in the, in the Jewish culture, and you remember who, these, who, who he was writing to. He was writing to a, to a group of Jewish believers. They were Christians, but they were still Jews. And the Jews of this uh, particular time, they had a whole, this whole tradition about angels, and they had a, a real misconception also about angels and their operation. I'm borrowing from a man by the name of John MacArthur and his commentary on the book of Hebrews, and I want you to listen to what he said. He said, many believed among the Jews that the angels acted as God's senate or counsel and that he, did, that he did nothing without consulting them. This is why in the Genesis account, God said in relationship to the creation of man, let us. And that's not saying we believe that, but that's what the Jews believe. That when God made that utterance, let us, he was not talking to the triune Godhead. He was talking to the angels. And... They believed that 200 angels controlled the movement of the stars and that one special angel, the calendar angel, controlled the ever-ending succession uh, uh, of days, months, and years. A mighty angel took care of the seas. 
while others superintended the frost, the dew, the rain, the snow, the hail, the thunder, and the lightning. Still others were wardens of hell and torturers of the damned. There were even recording angels who wrote down every word that was spoken by men. Angels were so numerous that one rabbi proclaimed that every blade of grass had its own angel. Now these, are, now, these things may seem very odd to us, but when you look at what people believe about angels today, it is not so odd. Now, among the Jews, the angels were most likely exalted because they believed that the angels are the ones who delivered that uh, Mosaic covenant, the law, unto Moses. The angels delivered the covenant Unto, unto Moses. Well, there is some supporting evidence. There is some idea that this, that this, this could have happened. Out of Acts chapter 7, we find these words. This is, uh, this is Stephen speaking. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which, is the, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Now, so because of this belief that the angels are the ones who delivered the law uh, unto Moses, there was actually a cult that rose around angels to worship them and glorify them on the same level of God. Now, with, with, those, with those background thoughts, we're going to look at the superiority of Jesus Christ over the angels. Now, we find that there's five arguments in this passage of Scripture. There's five arguments that lay out the superiority of Jesus Christ over the angels in this context. And so the, the Old Testament is actually quoted in these uh, ten verses. The Old Testament is quoted uh, seven times. So there, he's pulling from the Old Testament to demonstrate that Jesus Christ is superior over these beings that they have elevated and they have glorified. Now, so let's begin. First of all, Jesus is greater than the angels... Because, he, uh, because of his title. Now, if you go back to verses 4 and 5 again, let's look at those. Having become so much better than the angels, as he was by inheritance, attained a more excellent name than they. To which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, the day I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Now, these are quotes out of, the, out of the Old Testament. Now, Jesus is better than the angels based on this argument because he's got a better name, because of the name of Jesus Christ. God never has addressed an angel as his only begotten son. Now, collectively, all the angels are referred to as the sons of God, but not one angel has been pulled out and said, you are my son, or you are the son of God. Which, when, when that happens, 
what, it, what, what happens when it says that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that puts Jesus on equal plane, equal level with God. There is no angel that has ever been created that has been on equal plane and equal level with God. There was one in the crowd we know of that we're aware of uh, that decided that he thought he could be better than God, that he thought he could be superior to God, that he could uh, rise from the ranks and be equal with God. And you know who that is. That's Satan himself. And you know what happened to him. He got booted out. And eventually he's going to have his place in the lake of fire that he's going to be there for the rest of eternity. That hasn't happened yet, but that day is coming and also his, uh, his demons with him. Now, even, now we know that we, we know that, 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 that the angels, they were created to serve God. And we're talking about this a little bit more. But they were, served, they were created to serve God. And so, therefore, we find even though Jesus was referred to as a servant in the limitations of his humanity, he is more than a servant. Jesus Christ is a prophet. Jesus Christ is a king. Jesus Christ is a priest. Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords. That's who Jesus is, not the angels. Now that brings us to the second thing. Second argument here. Jesus is greater than the angels because he is worshipped. Notice verse 6 again. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Now again, I'm going to quote from MacArthur's uh, book because it's just so good. He said, Jesus Christ is not only greater than the angels because he is God's son, but also because he is worshipped. Even though Christ humbled himself, even though he was made for a little while lower than the angels, the, the angels are to worship him. If angels are to worship him, he must therefore be greater than they. And if he is greater than they... The covenant, that he, uh, his covenant is greater than the one they brought. Therefore, the covenant uh, of the, uh, is greater, the new covenant is greater than the old covenant. Thus, Christianity is uh, greater than Judaism. Hmm, y'all didn't get that, did you? See, because if the, if, if the angels delivered the old covenant, when Jesus came, what did he deliver? the new covenant, and if Jesus is greater than the angels, then the covenant he brought is greater than the old covenant. So therefore, because of this, Jesus is the greater one. He is greater because he is worshipped. Then the third thing, we, third argument we find here is Jesus is greater than the angels because he has a superior nature to the angels. Look at verses 7 through 9 again. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? To the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Now, I want you to notice here that Jesus is superior to the angels simply because he is God. Now, I know we've had that argument 
I know I presented it to you. I'm presenting it again, maybe in another way. I know you all believe it, but I'm just telling you because there's a lot of folks out there who do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. There's a lot of people who deny the divinity of Jesus Christ. Many people see him as a lesser God. Many of these so-called religions, so-called cults, and I, and I named some, maybe that's the reason Facebook dinged me last week. I don't know. I talked about the Muslims. I talked about Jehovah's Witness. I talked about uh, the, the Mormons. I'll talk about them again today. If you look at all three of these religions, you will discover all of them have a belief about Jesus Christ, but every one of them lessens the nature of Jesus Christ. If you'll talk to a Jehovah's Witness, when you go uh, to First uh, John chapter 1, when it says, in the beginning was uh, God, and God was, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you notice that the way they translate it, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and, and, the, and, the, word, and, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That's how they translate that. The Mormons have a lesser view of Jesus Christ. They see him as a son of God, many of the sons of God. They see Lucifer as a son of God, and they see Lucifer and Jesus as being brothers together. Jesus is the, is the, is the brother of the light, and Jesus is the brother of the darkness. Jesus is the good brother, and Satan is the evil brother. That's what you said. Now, 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 I, I know. I, 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 I understand. People may term this as hate speech. I'm just telling you the truth, folks. Uh, the Muslims, they have a belief in Jesus Christ. They call him Esau. They love Esau. They think Esau is wonderful. But they also believe that Muhammad is the last prophet that ever came along. There will be no other prophets. Uh, Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet. So they see Jesus as a lesser God, as a lesser being. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ he is God himself. We find that Jesus is God because who created the angels? If you believe the word of God, Jesus created everything. So that means that Jesus is creative power of the angelic host. So he is greater than the angels because he created them. Let me tell you something. If you're created, you can't be greater than the one who created you. Woo! Right? So you can't, if God is the creator, you can't be greater than God. The creation cannot be greater than the creator. Then also the Father himself declares that Jesus is God. Notice verse 8, but to the Son he says, your throne, oh Lord Jesus, your throne, oh God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. So the Father addresses Jesus as God. Then Jesus himself proclaims to be God. Now, this was, as I've said many, many times, this is really what hair-lipped the, uh, the, the, the establishment of Jesus' day. When Jesus made these proclamations, when Jesus did these miraculous things, 
and declared himself to be God, boy, it just turned Jerusalem upside down. It turned, uh, it turned Samaria upside down. It turned, uh, uh, it turned Nazareth upside down. Because how can that be? If you don't believe me, let me give you examples from the Word of God. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father, making him what? Equal with God. Then John chapter 10, uh, it started with verse number 30. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again uh, to stone him. And Jesus answered them, How many good works have I shown to you from my Father? For which of these works do you stone me? And the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. So, 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 so we find that Jesus declared himself to be God. The apostles declared Jesus Christ to be God. The apostle Paul in the Roman letter, chapter 9, of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is overall the eternally blessed God. Amen. And in his book, in his letter to Titus, chapter 2, looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. No, we're looking for our great God and Savior. Who is he? Jesus Christ. And then first, uh, in 1 John, the Apostle John, in his first letter, chapter 5, and we know that the Son of God has come, has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. We are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So again and again and again, there's this affirmation. So Jesus has a greater nature than the angels. Then that brings us to the next, uh, the fourth argument. Jesus is greater than angels because of his superior existence. Let's go back to chapter, uh, verse 10 through 12. And, and you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens and the work of your hands, they will perish, but, you, but, but your dominion but you remain, and they will grow old like a garment, like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you're the same, and your years will not fail. Now, what the author is saying here is that Jesus is superior to the angels because Jesus is eternal. He is eternal. The angels of you are been already established, already talked about, were created beings. So that means the angels had a beginning, no ending that we know of. They have a beginning. They were created. At some point in time, they were created. But Jesus Christ is eternal. Why? Because he's God. <laughs> That's right. God is the only eternal one there is. There is none other besides our God who is eternal. Everything else was created by Him, from Him, and for Him. And so therefore, we find 
that uh, when, when, he, when he was talking here, he, he, he was he's really saying, he said, because Jesus is the eternal one. He said, if, if, if God, if, if, God re- if Jesus really wanted to, he could take the whole angelic host, he could wrap them up like an old garment, and he could throw them away. But Jesus would always, always be here. Jesus could destroy this earth. He could destroy this universe. He could destroy every planet we see and every planet we don't know. He could destroy the sun, the moon, the earth, everything. He could destroy everything. But Jesus Christ would remain. Just because we don't exist doesn't mean he doesn't exist. So therefore, we find that Jesus is greater than us all. And you know what? If Jesus really wanted to, and he threatened that with Moses, he threatened that with Adam, with, uh, with, with Noah, he could take and destroy this whole earth and start all over again. Mm. He's not going to do that. That's not part of his plan. But he is greater because of his existence. Because he never changes. Then that brings us to the final argument. Jesus is greater than angels because of his destiny. Let's notice 13 and, verses 13 and 14 again. But the witches of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent uh, to minister to those who will inherit salvation? What? So we have to ask the question, what is the ultimate destiny of Jesus Christ? Well, his ultimate destiny, if you can say it that way, this is in human terms. The ultimate destiny of Jesus Christ is to rule not only heaven but earth. That's his ultimate destiny. His ultimate destiny is to establish his kingdom here on this earth. And that's going to happen. That is going to happen. That is going to take place. And sometime, we don't know when it is, but I think it's closer than it has ever been. And so, so when we look at that ultimate destiny of Jesus Christ, the reign here on the earth, as we discovered earlier, the angels being created, they were created for two purposes, or, 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 or maybe not every angel, but the angels were created for basically two purposes. First of all, they were created to serve God. That's what they're created for, serve God. But not only were the angels created to serve God, they were created to serve us. Because we're created in the image of God. And whether we see them or not, whether we recognize them or not, whether we ever lay our eyes on an angel or not, I'm here to declare unto you, angels are all around us. Angels are ministering unto us. Angels will come to our rescue. Angels will come to our aid. Angels will be there no matter what. Whether we ever experience them physically or see them or, 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 or understand their presence. And I, I've told you all this story before, and I, I, I thought, they don't, they don't need to hear this story again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share you, maybe not the whole thing, but I'm, I'm going to share with you one more time my angel experience. I know they're real. I've seen them. I've seen the angels of God encamped around me. Literally, I have seen them with my eyes. 
early in my ministry, when I was struggling, I was struggling with, with who I was. I was struggling with my calling. I was struggling. I, you know, found myself in a church 20, about 24 years old. Didn't know nothing. Didn't understand how to, how to, how to run a church. You're probably saying you had not figured it out yet, son. You just, just keep on working on it. But I was scared to death. I didn't want to do this thing. I kept saying, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But one Sunday morning, the Lord showed me what he had for me. On that Sunday morning, as I was praying, I had six angels appear to me that morning. I was nobody else saw him. Paula didn't see him. She was there. Paula said nobody saw him but me. And as I'm praying, there was one in that corner, one in this corner. Church much smaller than this church. You could probably fit the whole church in, in, in this sanctuary. Then I noticed there was one in this corner. Then there was another one in this corner. All looked the same. Looked like soldiers standing guard. Each had a stave in their hand. Each looked the very same. White, just as white as snow. Their whole appearance, their clothes were white, their faces white, everything. There was a light glowing around about them. And then, then as I was standing in the pulpit, much like this pulpit right here, standing, then I felt a presence close to me. And then I looked to my left, and there was one standing to my left. I looked to my right, there was one standing to my right. And then the Lord spoke to me in that moment. This all transpired, it seemed like forever, but it only transpired in just a moment. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Elvin, I have given my angels charge over you. Do not be afraid. Preach my word. Tell the people what they need to hear and do my work. Let me tell you something. Lord took away a fear in me that day. I can't say I've never had a fear before. So if anybody tells me, you can't experience angels, they're not real, they're not around, God doesn't use them anymore, that's just Bible stuff. Let me tell you something. If that's just Bible stuff, I'm living out the Bible world. If that's just Bible stuff, I'm living in the Bible world because I have seen them, I have experienced them, and whether you understand it or not, You've experienced them as well. There has been times that angels has come on the scene to help you and to rescue you. So, let me bring this to a conclusion. Remember that the angels were sent by Jesus. They're not to be worshipped. You don't worship angels. You go back to the, if you ever read the Revelation, if you read the Revelation, there was at least two times, maybe three, two times John was over, so overwhelmed in that scene that he bowed down before an angel. And the angel quickly said, don't do that. I am created like you. I am not to be worshipped. So we don't worship angels. We worship Jesus Christ. We worship our God. And Jesus is better than the angels for these reasons. He has a greater title. He is to be worshipped. He has a superior nature because he is creator. He has a, a better existence because he is eternal. And he has a better destiny 
because he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Therefore, based upon that, I would tell anyone, I don't need to tell you, but maybe somebody's listening. Well, maybe I do need to tell you. I would tell anyone, align yourself with Jesus Christ. You're not going to find anyone, anything, any better that will help you and be with you and stay with you and direct you and guard you and keep you and save you and take you out of this world when you die and take you to heaven to be with him and give you a home. And then you can go up and you can see the angelic host. You can see those thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands, glorifying and praising his holy name. If I were you, I would line myself with Jesus Christ. Because you're not going to find any better than me. So, I will ask you this question. Where do you stand with Jesus Christ? Where do you stand with Him? I don't know where you stand, but I know where I stand. I'm standing with my Lord. Amen. Praise Him. Won't you come on up and join us here? We're going. We're going to do. A, we're going to do another song. And then we're going to have some prayer. This is. This is an old song. But nobody on the praise team had ever heard it except me and Georgiana. What does that say about us? Paula even said she had never heard the song. But the song is based upon a, 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 a scripture in the song. Be still and know that I am God. This is what this song is about. Now, this is what I want you to do. Now, you can do what you want to do. But I'm, I'm, let me tell you what I want you to do. As we're singing this song, I want, I want everybody to just shut your eyes. Why don't you let the Spirit of God speak to you? Be still and know that He is God. Then after we sing this, then we're going to have some prayer time.
Lord, in this moment of quietness, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. And Lord Jesus, speak as we pray, as we seek you. I'm asking anyone that will come and gather with me in this altar. And let's spend some time in prayer. Just call anyone that will come. Come and gather here with us. And we'll pray. Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to guide you in this prayer. What that means is I'm going to give you some things let's pray about collectively together. First thing that I feel in my spirit that we need to be praying about, we need to make it part of our prayer. Is first we need to acknowledge God among us. So often all we do is pray for us. We we'll never pray to Him. We pray about us. We we'll never say. God, how you doing? Don't it sound crazy? God, how you doing? God, how can I minister to you today? Never think about that, do you? Because he's supposed just to minister to us. But if I hear the word of God right, it says we're supposed to minister to him. How do we do that? We praise him. We tell him we love him. We acknowledge his presence in this house, in our lives. So can we spend just a few, just a few moments here ministering to God this morning? Amen? Heavenly Father, we come in your presence, Lord, this day. And Lord, we lift up our voice unto you. We lift up, Lord Jesus, up. Lord, we've lifted up songs to you today, and we lifted up word to you today. But my Lord, sometimes I don't know that's adequate. I don't know that's, that's, that's good enough. So Father, Lord, we, we acknowledge, Lord, we acknowledge you are in the house. I don't, I don't, I don't care what the atmosphere feels like. I don't, I don't care what, I don't care what, what, what it seems like. I don't, I don't, that, that, that doesn't matter. What I know is you're in the house, oh God. You, you're here. You said we're two or three are gathered in your name. You're in the midst thereof. So that means you're in this house today. Anybody agree that you believe God's in the house today? You see, so we believe that you're in the house today. So God, we're, we're just wanting to spend just a few moments to say, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your work. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. 
Thank you, God, for blessing us. Thank you, God, for ministering to us. Thank you, God, for giving us uh, heat and air conditioner units. Thank you, God, for giving us a building to worship in. Thank you, God, for giving us food to eat. Thank you, God, for all of these things. But, God, despite all of those things, if we didn't have any of those things, God, we are still grateful because you saved our souls. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for saving us. We thank you, Lord, for ministering unto us. We thank you, O oh Lord, Lord, for being in the midst of us. So, God, we just, we just praise you. We just praise you for who you are. We praise you, Lord, because you are the holy God, the almighty God, the everlasting one. You're the one who created all things, and they were created for your glory, and they were created for your pleasure. So, God, here we are. We are part of the creation. So, Lord, we glorify, mm, we glorify your name, Lord. We honor you in the midst of us, Lord, Lord, right now, Lord Jesus, and we sing your praise, Lord, in this place right now. So, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us, Lord, in this place. Thank you, Lord. Father, direct us in our prayers, Lord, right now. Show me. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I know where I, know where I need to go now. Next, next, next thing that we need to pray for, this revival that is coming up. We need, we need to pray over this revival. Like I told you, I, I give you seven things last week that I, I'm believing God for. And one of them is that God will revive this work. God will revive this work. So this revival is more than about having a series of sermons. It's more about coming together four times and letting a preacher preach, and going home and say, well, wasn't that wonderful? Now, this is about revival. This is about renewal. This is about renewing our souls in Him, renewing our outlook, just stirring in us again, because we need, Lord, Lord knows, and I'm telling you, we need a move of God in our midst. I can't move you. Ain't nobody else can move. But I know the Spirit of God can move us. The Spirit of God can change us and transform. That's, that's renewal, folks. When we get transformed by the power of God. So, so, so first, let's take a few moments. And I've already heard some of you whispering this, and that's wonderful. Thank you. Let's pray for God to transform us into whatever He wants us to be transformed into. Heaven, Father, transform us, oh God, right now. Lord, take, take whatever deadness there is and God, wipe it out. Lord Jesus, take, take, take our lives, Lord Jesus. Renew us, revive us. Father, restore to us, Lord Jesus. Part of that transformation is confession of sin. So Lord, if there are any known sins, if there's any known sins, Lord, in our lives, or even unknown sins, things we haven't thought about. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, in this moment, in this hour, that God, that you will begin to help us to confess our sin under you. will never be transformed until the sin is dealt with. So God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, Lord, renew us, Lord, by changing us, by Lord Jesus, as we confess our sins. 
Lord Jesus, the Word says you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Word also says if we say that we have no sin, then we make Him a liar. Oh God, you're not a liar. Lord, we're the one that lies. So God, I pray, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will, Lord, help us, Lord, Lord, to forsake our sins, forsake those things that we allow to stand between us and you. Attitudes. Things that we blatantly know that are wrong that we do. Words we speak we shouldn't speak. Father, Lord, cleanse us. Il amosato. Cleanse us, O Lord, I pray. God, just, just, just change us, Lord. Next thing I want to pray for in, in, in relationship with this revival is pray that we'll be receptive to the word of God that's going to be brought. Because see, if we don't, we don't listen to the word, then nothing's going to happen. And bless in this, the one who's going to bring the word to us, Jay Boyd. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus, touch Jay. Touch Jay, Lord Jesus. Minister unto Jay. Minister through Jay, oh God. Lord, I know he's just a man. He's just a young man. But God, he's an instrument in your hands. He's a servant in the hands of the living God. So Father, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our souls that we'll be receptive to the word of God that is being declared and that, Lord Jesus, we will receive the word with gladness and with great joy. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, there's just one last thing I want you to pray for about revival. Pray that God will draw people to this place who needs to hear. And pray that souls will be saved. People will be delivered. People delivered. Set free. And people drawn Closer to you. So Lord Jesus, Lord, help us. God, I know, I know we've got to, we're, we're a part of all of this. So God, but help us, Lord Jesus, to pray. And Lord Jesus, draw people. Draw people, God. Draw people, Lord. And I know, Lord, sometimes I get discouraged because it seems like the more I pray, the more I ask of you, the more people stay away from here. And I don't understand it, God. But I know that you're God. And I know, Lord, we can't give up. I know, Lord, we can't throw it in. I know, Lord, we say that, 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 that this isn't for me. I know, God, I know, Lord, that you're up to something. So, God, in the, in the, in the, in the moments of our discouragement, in the moments, Lord Jesus, when things don't seem to work like we think they, they, they ought to work, that God, you just you just give us one more ladder on the rung to climb up on, <laughs> hang on to, and to keep on following you.
Now, the last thing I want us to pray for, I want us to pray for people that have, have needs. Now, we, we've talked to God. Now we, can, now we can ask Him for our needs, our individual needs. So, there, there's just people that we need to be praying for. McClam family, Chris's family, Clifton family. Let's be praying for them as their mother, grandmother's passed away, dear friend of this church. Let's pray for Miss Molly McClam. God will bless her, give her strength. Let's pray for Miss Pat Smith. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough situation. Let's pray for Billy Beeson. That's still, that's still a work in progress. Billy, Billy was better last when I went to see him this week. He was feeling better, looking better. And I'm making a judgment here, but I just, need, I just don't think Billy's got his relationship with the Lord like it needs to be. And this man's dying. And I tell him everything I know to tell him. I know Cheryl tells him everything she knows to tell him. God, just open up his heart that he will believe. Mm. There's a member of Paula's family, Melanie James. She's not an old woman. She has been afflicted. God, she has been afflicted upon afflicted. She's in the hospital right now. They discovered cancer all over her. And she is in such severe pain, even the morphine doesn't even touch it. Help us to pray over her. We don't have to know people. <laughs> Thank God. Heavenly Father, we bring our needs before you now, Lord. God, you've heard all of these that are mentioned here in this place, Lord. Miss Molly McGlam, Lord, we pray for her. We pray that you will touch her. Lord, you have touched her. Continue, Lord, to touch her. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will just continue to minister to her family. and God bless them. Father, I pray, God, that you will, Lord... Just touch Miss Pat Smith, Lord. Lord, just minister to Miss Pat. And God, just, just bless Miss Pat, Lord. You, you know how diminished her mental uh, faculties are, God. And Lord Jesus, Alzheimer's and, and um, dementia is an ugly thing. It is so ugly. But Lord Jesus, Lord, this sin-cursed world may take away things from us. But that that's planted in the soul and the spirit of a person can never be eradicated, oh God. And Miss Pat has put a lot of you in her. So Lord Jesus, she still, she still knows you. And you still know her. So God, give wisdom in this situation. Bless him. Billy Beasley, Lord, we pray for his physical needs. But God, we pray for those spiritual needs. And God, that he, Lord, he will be transformed, truly transformed by your miraculous working power in Jesus' name. And Father, Lord, I pray and I ask, oh God, that you'll touch Melanie James and her husband. And they have struggled so many years, Lord. 
They've had so many years of sickness and pain and breakage of bones again and again and again, Lord. And Melanie's in such suffering, such pain, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus you will deliver her either miraculously, O oh God, through supernatural healing or, Lord, take her home to be with you. Whatever your choice is, whatever you, whatever you decide, God, that's up to you. But God, touch her, Lord, I pray. And God, give her strength. Hmm. Now, did you, you have prayer needs. Is anyone that you have something you want to be prayed over, pray about? Amen. 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 Oh my! Lord, we pray over that grandbaby, Lord Jesus, with these ear infections. Father, Lord, you have the key to it all, Lord Jesus. You understand it all. And I know, Lord Jesus, I know sometimes when, when parents are trying to draw closer to you and parents are trying to fall in love with you again and find you, Lord Jesus. Lord, the enemy tries to work through the children, oh God. And Father, Lord, I, I pray against this, uh, this infection. I pray against, Lord Jesus, this malady, Lord, and this baby. And your precious and your holy name, Lord, and your authority for your glory, for your honor, that God, that you will touch this baby and, Lord Jesus, bring healing. Lord, you gave them this baby. We believe that, God. You gave them this baby, Lord. And Lord Jesus, and God, you're going to keep this baby, Lord, for your purpose and for your glory. I pray for Anna, Lord, this postpartum depression. God, is such a real thing in women who have been through it. Lord, they understand it. They understand what it is like. And so, Father, we pray against that darkness. We pray against, Lord Jesus, Lord, that, that, that what is, uh, whatever happens in the woman's body after a baby is born, that, God, you can, turn to, you can turn to key and, Lord, help her. Help her to keep her sanity. Help her to keep her right mind. Help her, Lord, to keep her peace. Lord Jesus, in your precious name, bring deliverance, Lord Jesus, unto Anna right now, that, God, that you will lift her up, and, God, that you will bring healing to her soul. In Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anyone else that needs to be prayed for? Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we, we intercede for Aubrey, Lord, right now. And God, we're praying. Mm, we're praying for your deliverance upon this little one right now. Lord, all these respirations, all uh, respiratory diseases, all these things that are going on. 
Father, Lord, restore her. Lord Jesus, give her strength. Give the medical team strength. Lord, bless all of them together. And Lord Jesus, we will give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And the other need that, uh, that was given to us, this couple that's suffering from COVID, Lord, we are praying, God, for your deliverance for them. And that, Lord Jesus, they will be set free from these things to the glory of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessing. In Jesus Christ's name, hallelujah, hallelujah. If anybody else needs or wants a desire to be prayed for this morning, anyone else? Let's, start, let's pray for uh, uh, Mark and Paula Gray. Uh, Mark, uh, I was talking to him this past week, and uh, he has, flu, has the flu, uh, and Paula's surgery is scheduled for Friday uh, for this uh, double mastectomy uh, for this breast cancer. So let's join together and let's, let's pray for Mark and Paula. Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you will, Lord, just reach down, Lord, in the home of Mark and Paula Gray right now. May God, that you will, Lord, just intervene in their lives and, Lord, that you will touch them and, Lord, you will bless them by your strength and, Lord Jesus, by your holy anointing and by your power. Thank you, God, for everything that you have done. Thank you, God, Lord, for hearing us as we pray. And thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to give us the tool of prayer, Lord, to reach, to reach your throne with. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray for Cynthia Schoenfeld right now. Father, Lord, just touch Cynthia. I pray, God, Lord, that these uh, injections she's going to be receiving, hopefully this week, that, God, that they will do the trick for her, that they will, Lord, and Lord, just, just bless her, God. But Lord Jesus, I know, I know you have the key to it, and I, I don't understand it, God. We can pray and pray, and I, I, I believe we're believing. But God, Lord, you know, you know what's best, and you know what's right, and you know what is good. And Lord, sometimes, Lord, our prayers, it's not that they're not heard, it's just that they're delayed for a season, they're delayed for the moment, because, Lord, there's other things you're wanting to do through these situations. So, God, I, I want to thank you for delayed prayer. Because, Lord Jesus, your grace is sufficient. And you will not fail us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Any other? Anyone else needs or desires to be prayed for? Hallelujah. Well, if not, lift your hands for the blessing. Bless us, O oh God. Bless us with your presence. Bless us with your power. Bless us with your anointing. Bless us with joy. Bless us with thanksgiving. Bless us with peace. Bless us with prosperity. Bless us with mercy. Bless us, O oh God. In every way possible, we can be blessed and give us strength to go into this world and face the challenges of the days ahead of us. We ask this in Jesus' name, our Lord. Amen and amen. God bless your day. Stay warm.